Welcome to the Investor Download, the podcast about the themes driving markets and the economy now and in the future. I'm your host, David Brett. Recession is a word that seems to have fallen off the radar for some investors in recent months, having been a hot topic last year. However, it's back. GDP report shows the economy grew less than expected in the first quarter of this year. The report was released just this morning and it showed the economy grew 1.1%. The bottom line, though, is that economists expected 2% growth. Assessing the Fed's next move as recession fears grow. Are we headed towards a recession, especially those wondering how they should position their portfolio? I still think both the U.S. and Canada will enter a recession in the third quarter of this year. I think we're going to have a non-recession recession. Which means what? So think about what happened over since 2008. We printed $8 trillion. Exactly what we thought was going to happen happened. Everything went up. So guess what? We're removing that stimulus. And assets, asset prices are coming down. More to come. We in the financial markets who benefit and live in an asset world, we're going to feel like we had a real recession. And with inflation stubbornly high and central banks still raising interest rates. We've also got breaking economic news this hour. Moments ago, the Federal Reserve raised interest rates for the third time this year. This time, they went up a quarter of a percentage point. Today, despite the recent turmoil in global markets, the bank said inflation remained Britain's biggest risk. Interest rates were hiked for the 11th time, up to four and a quarter percent. The ECB has signaled that tackling inflation trumps all else. It has pressed ahead with 0.5 percentage point increase in eurozone interest rates. The thorny issue of whether central banks can cool the economy and avoid recession has reared its head once more. If you run the yield curve through a model, it, it would say that um, recession risk is about 6% um, over the next 12 months. That's Tina Fong, a strategist at Schroders. So, in this show, Tina discusses with me the potential impact of a recession on markets and the three rules investors should consider when investing in a downturn. On Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts, you're listening to the Investor Download. Tina, very welcome to the studio. I understand it's your first time here. Uh, yes, um, it's great to be here. Well, it's an absolute pleasure. Well, we're here to talk about recession. Uh, now, I think I've heard the word recession less recently, certainly compared to the end of last year. Can you give us an idea of what the markets are thinking in terms of if and when a recession might come? Um, so um, we are expecting a recession um, later this year, given the sheer amount of policy um, tightening um, by the Fed. Um, even the Fed are now expecting recession. In terms of what market pricing, um, if you look at the yield curve, which is uh, seen as a reliable um, indicator of recession risks, it's currently suggesting a very high likelihood of recession because um, if you look at the 10 versus the three-month yield curve, it's now the most inverted, inverted since the 1980s. Okay, and what do we mean by inverted? So um, the short rate is now uh, much higher than the long time rate, which is the US 10-year bond yield. Okay, so basically when it costs more to borrow money in the short term than it does over the long term, it tends to suggest there's more immediate risk in the economy. So have the risks of recession increased recently? 
Um, so yes, it's definitely, it's become more inverted, more negative. And so if you run the yield curve through a model, it, it would say that um, recession risk is about 60% um, over the next 12 months. Okay. And why are those recession risks rising? Um, so the reason why, um, as I um, highlighted, um, because of um, the aggressive um, rate tightening by the Fed, um, in just over one year, the Fed has raised um, interest rates by 475 bips, and that is pretty aggressive. The last time we've seen that amount of um, tightness is going back to the 1970s and 1980s. And interest rates have risen at a record rate as central banks try to cool the economy in the face of inflation or price rises that we've not experienced in 40 years. So is inflation still a concern? Uh, definitely inf inflation is, well, inflation is coming down. Um, so at one point last year, infl inflation, um, as in the headline inflation rate, surged to um, 9%. And since then, it's come down um, to 5%. And so the headline rate has come down, but the core inflation rate um, remains quite elevated. And so that um, is still um, way above um, the uh, Fed's uh, inflation target. Okay, and what do we mean by core inflation? Uh, so headline inflation includes um, energy and food. Um, core takes those components out. And so we have the underlying um, inflation um, kind of ca capturing kind of more domestic um, factors. Okay, so what's so important about food and energy? Why are they taken out? Uh, so we've uh, last year we we saw a surge in uh, prices of oil and, and and food prices, and that kind of helped lift um, the headline inflation rate. And and since then um, these um, commodities have come down, and we've, we've seen the headline um, inflation rate come down. But the core inflation remains quite sticky, so it's over like five percent, and and it's still a concern um, to the Fed. Okay, so with the headline inflation, which includes food and energy, mm. there's lots of volatility yeah. in there, so it can go quite high yes. quite quickly. But if core inflation is still staying relatively high, then yeah. it's a bit of a concern. Yeah, so it remains a concern um, to um, the Fed and um, something they're kind of watching. But they also have to weigh all the other factors like um, the kind of slowing in, in um, growth and also uh, risks within the financial systems, which we've seen recently with the banking um, crisis. Okay, so with that in mind, we've got these recession risks, which are actually rising. Yeah. Um, we've come up with three things that investors yeah. might want to consider yeah. when they come to invest in mm. during recession. So before we start, we should say that past performance is not a guide to future returns. However, Schroeder's research has found that rule number one is safety first, but don't miss the re-rating in the market. So let's break that down. What do we mean by safety first? Um, so um, during um, periods of mo uh, market turmoil and economic stress, um, investors tend to kind of move their um, money out of risky assets such as equities and move into more kind of uh, defensive assets such as government bonds because they have lower risk. Okay, so bonds and equities tend to move in opposite directions. Yeah. Is that still the case? Yes, yeah, so over the last... Um, uh, two decades, um, bonds and equities have moved in opposite directions. So uh, when government bonds have been doing well, um, equities um, have been down. And that has been really good uh, as a diversifier in the portfolio, um, having government bonds uh, along with equities. But last year, because of the high levels of inflation, um, both equities and bonds um, didn't do well. Mm. And the relationship um, turned positive positive. 
and bond wasn't um, giving you a diversification in the portfolio. So um, as as for today, um, we've seen um, this uh, the relationship between equities and bonds have um, gone back to the opposite direction. Okay, so if I'm an investor. On a rainy day, yeah. things are difficult. Oh, yeah. I'll probably want more bonds than I do equities yes. and vice versa. Yes. Okay, excellent. Um, so in the first rule, we mentioned about missing the re-rating in the market. Mm. What do we mean by that? Uh, markets generally bottom um, during uh, recession, but um, investors should also be mindful that um, equities um, can rise um, um, in anticipation of um um, higher earnings and um, economic growth in the future um, before actual um, earnings growth and um, economic growth recovers. And so um, investors who are too cautious or uh, and don't return to the market and be invested, they may miss out on this opportunity uh, of the market um, rallying. And I'm assuming we're not quite at that moment where those earnings are being reappraised. Um, yes. Yeah. So um, if you think about, um, if you look at valuation, so if you look at the 12-month trailing or 12-month forward um, price earnings ratio of the S&P 500. Sorry to jump in. The PE or price to earnings ratio is calculated as the share price of a company divided by its earnings or net profits per share, otherwise known as EPS. It measures how much investors are willing to pay for a company relative to its current earnings, which is reflective of investors' expectations of future earnings growth. Trailing PE looks at a company's share price in the market relative to its past year's earnings per share. Forward PE estimates the relative value of earnings over the next 12 months. And as a very broad gauge, the higher the PE, the more expensive the asset. But forward and trailing PE are just two of many measures used to value the market. Anyway, back to Tina. Um, yes, they have come down compared to last year because of um, the sell-off in the market. And so they're com- currently the trailing PE is um, 23 times. Uh, the forward um, PE ratio is 18 times. But they're still kind of high compared to um, the average um, over the last um, 10 or 20 years. And, and so you could argue there is um, room for um, valuations to cheapen further Um Typically, um, during recessions, um, these ratios kind of bottom 12 um, to 13 times. I'm not saying that um, these PE ratios need to fall to these levels, but there is room for uh, valuations to cheapen as we go into um, recession. Okay, so on an historical uh, basis Mm. and a comparison, the way that equities are valued now is a little bit more expensive than what they have been in the past. Yes. Get in touch with us by email at shorterspodcasts at shorters.com or visit our website, shorters.com forward slash the investor download. Okay, let's move on to rule number two, and that's not all equities perform equally in a recession. And now before we get to the potential winners, I want to know what sectors tend to perform worst during a recession? Um, so the the sectors that tend to prefer, perform worse during recessions um, are typically the the cyclical se- sectors. And what I mean by cyclical sectors, um, they perform um, more volatile compared to the overall market. So sectors such as kind of financials and industrials, and uh, during recession, financials 
don't do well, particularly banks. Uh, and the reason being that banks um, earn money um, by lending at high rates um, compared to um, paying interest to depositors. Uh, and this is known as the net interest income. Uh, and during recessions, when the, the Fed is cutting interest rates, this net interest income kind of falls. And this is why financials don't do well um, during economic downturns. I presume there's a lot less business going on as well. Yeah, right? so there is a lot less activity going on and that kind of doesn't help um, financials either. And, and similarly, industrials don't do well because there is a lot less investment spending when demand is falling off. And so this kind of sector also gets hit during recessions. Yeah, people keeping their money yeah, in their yeah. pockets rather than yeah. spending. Okay, so I'm going to presume the opposite is true of yeah. what are the best performers. Yeah, so um, the best performers are the defensive sectors such as um, healthcare and consumer staples. And, and they do well during recessions because investors um, seek these companies which have um, superior profitability and strong balance sheet during um, periods of economic stress. And, and if you think about it, um, during recession, people still need to buy essentials such as food and medicine. Even at the price that food is these yes. days. <laughs> Um, now, I presume if investing was that easy, yeah. we'd all be able to do it. Um, yeah. But obviously, timing is difficult. Yes. And there must be outliers too that either help you outperform the market. Yeah. So, um, um, as I highlighted, the, the market um, tends to uh, re rate uh, as we um, move towards the end of recession. So, some sectors that um, don't do well, like the more cyclical sectors like um, the financials, um, tech, and consumer discretionary. Um, they start to recover towards the end of recession. So there are opportunities for investors to move into those sectors that did really poorly during recession. We also see small companies which do terribly during recession in terms of performance. But um, as we move um, towards the end of recession, these companies do um, very well um, because investors um, seek these companies because, number one, their valuations are become very cheap, uh, but also um, with the Fed cutting interest rates, these companies stand to benefit most from the loosening in uh, uh, monetary conditions. Yep, because they can borrow yeah. at cheaper rates yes. and people are spending more money yeah. at the same time. We're in a different period economically now yeah. than we probably have been like the last 15, 20 years. Yeah. Is there a danger that history might not repeat itself in terms of the way the sectors perform? Um, yes, there is definitely a danger that um, past performance not going to be repeated as we discussed earlier about the um, the relationship between um, bonds and equities. And so government bonds may not provide you that diversification um, um, in a portfolio where you have equities. And that may mean the case that um, other assets such as cash might be more attractive than they've previously been, particularly with um, Fed hiking interest rates, cash will give you a, a better return. Uh, we may also see, see some commodities that would have done quite well in a recession do even better. So gold um, um, benefits from safe haven flows during recession, but it also does well um, during um, high inflationary um, environments as well. Which brings us nicely onto the third and final rule, which is don't forget about commodities. Commodities have been a hot topic, particularly because of the war in Ukraine and the energy crisis. Uh, you mentioned gold, but it's a much broader asset class than that. So how do commodities tend to perform during a recession? Yeah, so as I mentioned, gold is um, the asset that shines during recession, but 
more generally, commodities do terribly um, during recession, particularly um, energy and industrial metals, because they are most sensitive to the fall off in um, demand. Okay, uh, so I did mention the war in Ukraine there. Yeah. It represents a real risk. Yeah, yeah. No one knows when it's yeah. going to finish or exactly mm-hmm. what fallout is going to be from it longer yeah. term. Um, but we've also at the same time got China yeah. uh, reopening after mm-hmm. the pandemic and their extended COVID uh, regulations. So what effect might China's reopening have on commodities, bearing in mind how much they consume usually? Yeah, so um, when I say commodities are done terribly, I've looked at it um kind of compared to um, US recessions in the past, but we haven't actually accounted for um, China. And China's a really important consumer of commodities. They are the second second largest um, consumer of um, energy commodities. Um, they also account for um, half of um, copper consumption in the world. So they are a very important uh, consumer of commodities. So with the reopening of the Chinese economy, we are seeing growth um, come back and we expect a very uh, a strong uh, growth in China this year. And that could mean that um, energy commodities could um could maybe not do as terribly um, during past uh, compared to past recessions, just because um, there'll be stronger demand coming out from China. So along with everything else yeah. that's going on, we've yeah. got to keep one eye on China to see what they're yes. doing. Yes, yeah. yeah. Yeah, so looking for growth figures yeah. and everything coming from there. Excellent. So let's try and bring this all together. What can we conclude by our three rules? Um, so it's kind of um, difficult um, to time recessions. We expect um, recession to happen in the second half of the year and we would expect investors to kind of naturally seek um, defensive um, assets um, during the initial months of the recession. Investors should also be mindful that um, um, as we move through the recession, um, assets that have done poorly um, will also be um, more attractive in terms of valuations. They will will turn cheaper. And so there are opportunities to go back into assets such as equities or or small caps um, as we move out of recession into recovery next year. Tina, you make it sound simple. Thank you. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Thanks a lot for joining us. It's been a pleasure. Thank you. Thanks a lot. Well, that was the show. We very much hope you enjoyed it. If you want to find out more, check out our website, schroders.com forward slash the investor download. You can also get in contact with us about anything in the show or ideas for future shows at Schroders Podcast at schroders.com. Please remember to subscribe to us at Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google, or wherever you get your podcasts. And don't forget to leave a review. We're now doing one show a week, which will be available every Thursday from 5pm UK time. Thanks very much for listening, but above all, keep safe and go well. Cheers. The value of investments and the income from them may go down as well as up. Investors may not get back the amounts originally invested. Past performance is not a guide to future performance. Information is not an offer, solicitation or recommendation of any funds, services or products or to adopt any investment strategy. 